The comments and statements made within the show are the opinion to the commentators and their guests and have not been evaluated by the FDA and are in no way an attempt to diagnose, treat, mitigate, cure, or prevent any disease or illness. The contents of the show are not to be construed as medical advice. If you have a health condition or health concern, please contact a licensed qualified healthcare practitioner. Hi, my friends. Nan here. I thought I'd take a quick moment with all of you to explain our rebranding from the Supplement Super Sleuth to Herbal Answers with Nan. It probably seems obvious to all of you, but when Crystal and I tested our market, about what types of responses people had to our name, we received some really great feedback. Hence, who says hence, right? But hence, the change to Herbal Answers with Nan. The Supplement Super Sleuth was originally created as animation characters to be a fun manner in a way to reach our young people who wanted support around healthy lifestyle and natural choices. Yes, they exist, right? There are young people who are interested. And I really wanted to help encourage them in healthy self-care. So the health adventures of Nan and Fran will live on in animation and in the very near future. So Crystal and I will keep you posted on the developments and you can find initial posts of their natural health sleuthing on the Water's Edge Wellness website. And Herbal Answers with Nan will continue on as our permanent branding for the podcast and for the soon to be released app, uh huh, which will be released later this first quarter. So keep your eyes peeled for more access, education, and natural herbal wisdom. And as usual, I'll be doing this podcast um, a couple of times a month. And um, I'll be sharing perspectives on herbs and supplements and uh, ideas around natural health and healing. Sometimes I'll be interviewing key people and thought leaders in the natural health industry to hear their knowledgeable perspectives. So it's great to have more than one brain on things, right? One one mind. So today we'll be airing our newest segment, which is entitled, What's Old is New Again? And that's a segment where I share historical, not hysterical, but it could be hysterical too, (laughs) uh, information on the weird and lost healing therapies of old. Uh, Sometimes those therapies may be having a renaissance in an updated, modern manner. And uh, today's focus will be on the ancient practice of fasting and purification, known today as cleanses. So um, I'm really kind of excited to share this with all of you because um, cleanses, if you were to go um, very interestingly on Google and just type in cleanses, what you'll notice is that it's one of the most um, searched for items uh, in what I call the Google. So I wanted to say a little bit about it, about its history, um, because I do think that it's really having some great 
Renaissance today. A lot of people are really looking for something that might uh, work for them, be safe for them, be helpful. And there's a lot of reasons why people do search for it. I'm going to talk about that based on, on historic findings. So cleansing methods definitely have been used by millions, if not trillions of people um, effectively and generally safely to purify their bodies and minds. Um, and this is really to assist in easing discomfort and reduce some of their symptoms that are related to aging and poor dietary choices. Uh, or beverage choices, if you will. <laughs> and if you look at every continent and every group of people through the, through the, you know, through the ages, you'll definitely find a body of cultural and historic cleansing or purification practices. So I certainly can't spend hours and hours going through enormous amount of historical data, but I wanted to do what I would call a fast history of cleanses. So let's start with 5,000 years before the Common Era. So Ayurveda is proposed to be more than 10,000 years old. It's quite, in, the, in that, uh, that's before the Common Era, it's quite historic and probably one of the oldest codified um, herbal um, you know, herbal medical um, uh, paradigms that we have. Um, some of it is is was verbally uh, handed down in families, but there are written Sanskrit uh, texts that are about five thousand years old. So the Sanskrit term of Ayurveda means the science of life, um, and it's considered a living handbook of how to live a balanced life as a human in relationship to yourself and to others and the earth. There are many different practices which are meant to purify the body, which are some of those are definitely still performed today. So as an example of that, irrigating the sinuses using a neti pot, um, ear candling to not just soften the wax in the ear, but to soften the eardrum, which stiffens with age. Enema or water therapy of the colon, um, herbal baths, which open the pores, soften the tendons uh, and the muscles. Um, fasting and purging practices, which assist in rapidly correcting poor dietary and beverage choices. Um, or help with exposure to harmful uh, items in our environment and food. That, that's been an ongoing issue. Even 2,000 years ago, there were issues with lead um, and other um, items that were poisons, right? So these kinds of purification practices in Ayurveda were meant to be performed on a regular basis throughout the year. So two times a year, three times a year, four times a year. Um, and they were not to be replaced for um, seeing your your Ayurvedic physician for acute health issues. But they were there. They were put in to assist the people with some level of responsibility around their body to reduce the risk of acute or advanced health issues. Um, in India, these practices do go on today, and they live right alongside modern medicine in a 
rather symbiotic relationship. Okay, so let's move the clock forward uh, in history to 2,000 years before the Common Era. And let's turn to the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, there's uh, some findings in there that I wanted to share with you. We do see descriptions of purification practices in the Essene texts in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And according to these texts, there were purification practices that were bound to nature, to cleansing of the body, mind, and spirit. The scholars of that time and, and of these ancient texts um, um, who have scholars that have come forward in, and have read the texts and um, you know spent a lot of time trying to understand the text, they posit that the information held in the Dead Sea Scrolls were done of course, in the manner of the people living in the deserts of that region and of that time in history. And, and some of the instructions that were given um, were, were given in a way to help the people of that time to live in harmony with themselves, um, others, uh, and, and the earth. Um, one of the things that I see so much today you know, in, in social media and um, on the internet is um, people doing what's called forest bathing, um, which sounds so much like uh, some of the text from the Essene text called the Angel of Air. So the practice was called the Angel of Air practice um, from the Dead Sea Scrolls um, with this with this expert, I, I want to share this excerpt uh, taken from the translation of the Dead Sea Scrolls by Dr. Bordeaux. So um, it goes like this. Seek the fresh air of the forest and of the fields, and there in the midst of them shall you hear my dogs barking. <laughs> shall you find the angel of air. Put off your shoes and your clothing and suffer the angel of air to embrace all your body. Then breathe long and deeply that the angel of air be brought within you. So when I read those texts, um, I just think that sounds so lovely. Lovely to me, how about you? So the, the very little is known about the details of the three angels of purification written in the text um, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, but detailed instructions of what reads very much like an enema is described also in the portion of the text called the angel of water. This excerpt is taken again from the translation of the Dead Sea Scrolls by Dr. Bordeaux. Seek therefore a large trailing gourd, having the stalk the length of a man. Whew, take it out, take out its innards and fill it with water from the river which the sun has warmed. Hang it upon the branch of a tree and kneel upon the ground before the angel of water and suffer the end of the stalk of the trailing gourd to enter your hinter parts that the water may flow through your bowels. Afterwards, rest kneeling on the ground before the angel of water and pray the angel of water that he will free your body from every uncleanliness and disease. So that's a bit graphic, I know. Um, however, it is historic and quite possibly depicts the practice of water enemas for internal cleansing um, in the deserts in the Middle East. So 
and that would not be surprising to me because Ayurveda, which precedes uh, the writing of the Dead Sea Scrolls, did practice uh, you know different times types of enemas. Okay, moving the clock forward to 800 years before the Common Era in Asia, it is said in older texts, upon seeing someone new in a practice, the formula Yujuwan, escape the restraint pill, or the stagnations relieving pill was given to remove the five types of stagnations and open a way for healing to begin. So traditional Chinese medicine also had their ways to cleanse and purge in the face of what they called accumulations. And some of these formulas do endure today. In 1143 through 1154 AD, Zhu Shu Wei uh, wrote prescriptions of formularies. That's a text that, that, that prevails even today. Um, prescriptions for formulary, formularies for universal relief and was the first to record case studies behind his prescription. So his, his herbal formulas, he would test, and then he'd write down the case studies to find, to, to take notes on how they did and how the prescription did for the case. So, and it is there that we first see the nascent idea of dispersing the five stagnations. And his original prescriptive formula, which became the base formula for um, stagnations relieving pill, also known as escape restraint pill. Um, so stagnation relieving pill is given to all patients by master Chinese herbalists as a part of their initial herbal treatment. So that it was taken twice daily, one uh, either one day or up to a week prior to the use of any other formula, regardless of the symptoms. Um, and really, it was their surefire way of removing um, obstruction or accumulations, which then eventually helped the physician to wipe the slate clean of the patient in order for other herbal formulas to work or balance out the patient, right? There was also a bland diet of rice porridge and tea with some light fasting and hot baths provided those could be arranged because those were hard to get at that time. Um, and then that would ensure that all the accumulations were removed and the patient can then really take in the formulas that would eventually balance them out. So in these ways, cleanses were practiced in the Far East of the what's called the middle period of the Qing and Song dynasties, and they prevail to this day. It's really interesting. It is really to me interesting to note that through the ages, cleansing and purification of the body has endured, and it is reflective of the environment, the resources available, cultural beliefs of the people, and um, the time in history, right? And there are a couple of golden threads that I feel I've recognized in looking at the historic documentation of cleansing and purification. And that's this. I see cleansing and purification of the body is performed cyclically and with intention. The culture, environment, and age in history created differences in practices. However, some of the practices which seem to have this subjective positive outcome for people in, on a grand scale 
have endured to the present time. Historic precedent does not always align with safety and efficacy or accuracy uh, to outcome. However, I think the desire to find ways to lighten the burdens of our body and our mind and our spirits really come naturally to all of us in the human race. And we do see it recorded in history, and it's pretty long history. So said simply, I don't think we can help ourselves, you know, in our, we all have this deep quest to unburden our bodies and to find a safe and natural method to do so. I think it's as natural as yawning or sneezing, right? I think it's our birthright to want to clean our house. And so we shall. It's, it is my professional opinion that cleanses or purification practices are best done supervised by a clinical herbalist, a naturopath or functional medicine physician, chiropractor, acupuncturist, any of those that are trained in leading safe cleanses. Some of those professionals don't agree with purification and cleansing, and some are very supportive and are well-trained have a lot of experience in it. So I, I think because it's a general practice, um, some people feel nervous about it. I can understand that. Uh, again, I feel it's really important to have someone watching over you who um, has done them before um, or is trained in that. And, um, and, and, and that way uh, you're protected. If something weren't to go right or if you weren't feeling good, they could help you disengage from the cleansing or purification um, that you're doing. Or if you're doing great, you can get encouraged because they're not, they're not easy. You have to give up so much. <laughs> and you really do have to, um, uh, you know, abstain from a lot of things that you love in order to get through the cleanse. So, um, but I feel like there's incredible historic precedents um, for cleansing and people are looking for them. So um, anytime you have questions about it, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Okay, so this episode is fast coming to close. And if you're wondering who I am, I'm Nan. I've had a complementary health and herbal clinic both part-time and full-time for about well, a little more than 30 years um, on top of everything else I've done in my life. Uh, fo basically focused on difficult to treat conditions or chronic issues. I've also been a spokesperson and educator in the natural products industry. And I did that for somewhere around two decades or so. Um, and I and I did work for a lot of the reputable and well-known companies in the industry of that time. I'm no longer in that industry. I'm just in my practice very full-time. So you can connect with me in person by going to my website, www.watersedgewellness.com, by reaching out to me through my social media sites on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube too. You'll find my TikTok page under Herbal Answers. And if you wouldn't mind, Please subscribe to and like Herbal Answers with Nam wherever podcasts can be found. And don't forget to share my podcast with interested friends and family. And with that, I'll say take good care of yourselves and I'll see you soon. Ta-ta for now.